Welcome to the American Cattlemen Podcast. Great to have you with us. Today, we're going to be talking to the founder of the American Cattlemen Magazine. That's Gail McKinney. About why in the heck does he want to start this kind of a thing up? We'll check on some recent news and then superstar writer and social media expert Jacqueline DeCandio about trends you need to know going forward. And then I'll close the gate on this first edition as we talk with the Nashville singer-songwriter Haley Payne. Saddle up. Let's go. The American Cattlemen Podcast is brought to you by Rawhide Portable Corrals out of Abilene, Kansas. RawhidePortableCorral.com by Miraco Cattle Waterers. Always accessible, always fresh, and distributed by Gallagher. Learn more at am.gallagher.com. And by TYM Tractors, affordable power for the farm and ranch. Find out more at tymworld.com. Now, here's your host, Chap Ramsey. Thank you, Hunter, and welcome once again to the American Cattleman Podcast. Now, listen up. If you were to become a sponsor, right here is where we would kick off the live read of your commercial. They're on about 60 seconds. Just so you know, this would be the spot. Now, let's get into the show with our very first guest, a founder of American Cattleman Magazine and this podcast, Gail McKinney. Hey, Gail, welcome to American Cattleman Podcast. First time, babe. There we go. Hey, Chap, good to be here. Yeah, it's You know, you and I have, full disclosure, known each other for a long time. Uh, run the roads together, and uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride for a number of years. Uh, but we're not here to reminisce, although we could. <laughs> and this would turn into a whole yeah, different kind of... Probably not good. Yeah, probably not good. There's uh, stories out there that would curl your toes, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, what what is America? First of all, let's start at the very beginning. You're a farm kid from southwest Iowa. Yep. Grew up in Creston area, uh, south central Iowa, Uh farmed my entire life until I was about 25, 26 years old and I yeah. hit 1980. And for a lot of the folks out there, they know what that meant. Uh, but yeah, we raised purebred Angus cattle, farmed a lot of acres back then. Um, lifetime member of the American Angus Association. I'm still farm boy at heart. It's got a little little land in southern Iowa and enjoy what I do. Yeah. And uh, full disclosure, uh, Gail went out of school and became a CPA. Yep, <laughs> certified public accountant. Yeah, what is yeah, that? I know, I know. You yeah, never hey, thought that. Well, you got to count those cattle. That's right. Uh, that's, yeah, <laughs> one, two, three. All right. Hey, we still got them all in the pen. Um, so, so, as a lover of agriculture, and I know you are because I've watched your career for decades, and uh, you were fortunate enough to get American cattlemen off the ground. First of all, that is a great nameplate. How'd you get that? Well. It, it was really kind of by luck. Um, the magazine actually started out probably almost 30 years ago mm. as Cattleman's Hotline uh, with another organization. Uh, but we thought that that just had, you know, that ring to it that, uh, you know, American cattlemen are the, the seed of this of this industry. And they're just so important to not, not, just, not just the cattle industry, not just farming, but to the whole food chain. And beef was an important thing. And so we wanted to serve U.S. cattlemen. And we just thought American, what's better than that? Right. American cattlemen is a title, and we've embraced that ever since. Yeah, and it's, it's gotten a wild following out there. There's a lot of people that not only subscribe to your magazine, uh, does it go into Canada? 
just out of curiosity. Yeah, we do have some Canadian subscribers. Uh, we do have some Canadian members on Facebook. Uh, Facebook just blew up on us about oh six seven years ago. Uh, of course, the algorithms were a little bit easier at that time. Uh, but we have over 450,000 followers wow. on Facebook, and uh, we fully believe and have done surveys that about 80 to 85 percent of those are cow-calf producers, so big following. Yeah, speaking of cow-calf producers, that is such a changing dynamic today. Uh, you know, NCBA and our other friends out there, the Iowa Cattlemen's Association, and we can go on and on and on. Uh, they're really intent on uh, bringing to market quality beef, and at the same time, there's changing demographics and changing consumer issues about beef, right? Very, very much so, and, and the industry itself has recognized that. And to be honest, probably didn't recognize that 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe even five, I don't mm. know. And it's still not not for everybody today. But those producers that really recognize the fact that it is the consumer that's going to drive their industry into the future have started to embrace that, looked at different ways of marketing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, from pasture to plate uh, there's so many in the industry right on. now. Yeah, it's very, 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 very changing industry. You know, I've told people for years, Gail, that... Uh, you know, they look at agriculture. Some folks look at agriculture and they say, hey, how backward an industry is that? But there's no other industry, I believe, in this country or others that is as innovative in bringing new things to market and machinery and all kinds of, of, of products and services to the, uh, to the producer than agriculture. Yeah, that, that's so right. Agriculture is a, a driver of technology, always has been, probably not recognized as a driver of technology, but it always has been. I, I mean, from drones to apps to, to weigh systems that you don't even have to physically have a scale, everything is happening in the cow-calf industry, and it's moving forward with technology. Gail McKinney's our guest in this, the inaugural conversation about American Cattlemen, the magazine, and now the podcast. We are sitting in a little cafe here and uh, in the center of Iowa and, and not many people in yet, but lunchtime has not yet commenced. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. What, what about the target? Why, why, why do we get the fact that the magazine has a really specific niche? Correct. Right? Yep. So you're now launching a podcast and thank you <laughs> for inviting <laughs> me along, but why? What, what, what do you think you're going to be able to bring to the American cattlemen, your subscribers, and others that might be interested in what we're doing in the cow-calf industry. Sure. Chap, we, we look at ourselves as being totally focused on cow-calf producers. Uh, and as that industry changed, we just talked about technology. You have to embrace all different types of, of mediums to reach those people. Now, we're not the first cow-calf podcast and we know there are others out there we just hope to bring a little bit different look at this uh our our publications our our social media sites are focused more on the producer to the product and so we won't always have the we won't always have the cutting edge article on on disease or on gestation any, or feed any or, of those yeah, items right. but we will have that ability to bring to you cost-effective marketing and 
taking that to the cow-calf producer. You know, one of the other things I think, knowing how you have been instrumental in so many things in the cow-calf industry with American Cattlemen, the magazine, is that you also like to have fun. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, this this is not going to be one of those podcasts that's pretty dry. I mean, we're, we're intending to build some things here that's going to be enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, you're exactly right. We, we don't want to just regurgitate information. Uh, we want to provide something new, uh, some fun along the way, maybe even a little music toward the tail end. Uh, we, just, we just really want to make this different. And, and we need to know what that is. We need to know what, what the listeners want. And to that point, every time this podcast is going out, and, and you've got multiple ways in which people can access this information, uh, when this goes out to people, you know, you're always asking for their feedback because clearly you're not setting yourself up as the experts in everything, but you want to hear what your audience wants. And that's the sign of, of good business. You, you need to know what the consumer wants. That's exactly right. The experts are sitting out there right now, you know, driving cattle, sorting cattle, having babies right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons of tons of little calves hitting the ground in the same from the same side. All these industry vendors and providers who who know what to do. That's not me, but what I can do is help bring that together. And on the technology side, you can be out there calving calves, or out there sorting, or vaccinating, whatever it happens to be on the ranch or the farm. And you can listen to this in your earbuds or however else you get it. Yep. Any, anytime you want. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and again, nobody's got to sit around and wait until 12 o'clock noon for the show to be on the radio. You can take it with you. Yep, exactly. This, yeah. is, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, structure. Uh, you know, we've sat and we've talked about this show for a long time. Yes, sir. (laughs) I think we go back maybe a year or so ago that we started talking about putting something together. And the structure of the show is going to be important. It's not going to drone on for an hour and a half. You know, they're going to be relatively short segments, a couple of interviews, maybe some news notes. We're going to close the corral gate at the end. Uh, I, I just think people are going to be having fun with this while they learn something at the same time. I agree, and I, I just really look forward to just a wide array of people for, for you to talk to and, and to interview. Uh, we have people anxious to do this. We have people anxious for a new format in podcast in, in this industry. And, uh, again, you said, it, you said it best. They can tell us hmm. what they really want to hear and see, you know, so that's, that's what we hope for. Gail McKinney is the CEO of Twin Rivers Media. That's the uh, production uh, organization that puts on the American Cattlemen and now the American Cattlemen podcast. Final question for you, Gail, as we sit here with a cup of coffee and a little bit of water. There's nothing in that water, by the way. No bourbon. No. What favorite bourbon? Driftless Glen. What now? Driftless Glen, aged. Yeah, it's yeah. aged about a five-year bourbon. Maiden, actually, not in the bourbon capital of the world, that's for sure, but in in Wisconsin. Oh, really? Yeah, in Baraboo area. Yeah, but it's. Just try it, folks. It's a great bourbon. Give it a chance. <laughs> and I imagine you could get, can you get that all over? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it's just a good small batch bourbon. Yeah. There you go. Well, see, now you've got a tip that you can act on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Gail McKinney says that is the bourbon of choice. Gail, thanks so much for sitting down with us and uh, talking about the American Cattlemen podcast and all the things that you've got 
in line for this. I, I wish you well because I'm going to come along for the ride anyway, <laughs> and we'll see how all this uh, uh, transpires. And, and as you learn from the people that you're podcasting to or that are listening to this, uh, I know we'll have discussions about what they like and what they don't like. Yeah, that's exactly right. I got to watch myself. <laughs> <laughs> Chap, thanks for thanks for doing this for us. I, hey, you know, this is near and dear to my heart. I have been to NCBA a number of times, you know, rodeoed a little bit in my youth. And uh, this is really just a pleasure for me to sit down and talk about cattle production in the United States and around the world. You'll be surprised how many people in Europe will be listening to this and saying, well, I didn't know those folks knew that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Gail, thanks. You're welcome. Hey, once again, if you become a sponsor of the American Cattlemen Podcast, we'll slip your 30-second pre-recorded ad right here. Pretty neat, huh? Now back to the show and a bit of recent news that hit our front porch. You know, Mother Nature has a way of dealing with farmers and ranchers. Heavy rain, melting snow, and an ice jam along the High Line in northern Montana sent ranchers scrambling to save their property and cattle. Water along the Milk River rose quick and started to flood cattle pens. NBC is reporting that several ranches lost calves but were able to save buildings and homes during the hours the ice jam stayed in place. It's a reminder to keep a sharp eye on rivers and streams as spring weather can really impact your livelihood. A big settlement has been announced that centers on a JBS scheme to beef up cattle prices and keep them artificially high. Reuters is reporting that JBS has agreed to pay, get this, $25 million to commercial beef purchasers that accuse the meatpacking company of conspiring with industry rivals to restrict market supply. That proposed settlement in a Minnesota federal court was disclosed by plaintiff lawyers representing a class of businesses that bought beef for food preparation since 2015. It's a second deal the Brazilian beef giant and the U.S. units have struck in the case after they agreed last year to pay $52.5 million to grocers and other plaintiffs that make up the direct beef purchaser class. The new settlement, subject to a judge's review and approval, requires JBS to cooperate in an ongoing case against corporate defendants that have not yet settled, including Cargill and Tyson Foods. Well, it looks like a solid year for beef production as the USDA has recently raised its estimates. Meanwhile, beef exports are expected to grow. However, cattle that saw downward pressure in the first quarter of this year look to increase demand over the next three quarters of 2023. In an effort to boost sales, fast food giant McDonald's is tinkering with their classic offerings. CNN is reporting the company has said its buns will be softer. It's cheese gooier. Onions going to be added to patties right on the grill. And the Big Mac sauce, get this, there's going to be more of it. The upgrades apply to the Big Mac and to the McDouble cheeseburger, as well as the classic cheeseburger, double cheeseburger, and hamburger. They're still made, they say, with beef. The improvements were first made to burgers in international markets, the company said, and have already arrived in some U.S. cities, including Los Angeles, Seattle, Phoenix, Las Vegas, and they're going to be available nationally by early next year. So, 
What are the bets that inflation will tick down to the Fed target of 2%? Ain't going to happen, says BlackRock. Markets Insider is reporting the company says inflation will not come down to the Fed's 2% target, and investors who are buying on the dip in stocks shouldn't be hoping that central bankers will cut rates and spur a rally. BlackRock is referring to last month's Consumer Price Index report that showed prices climbed 5% in March on an annualized basis. That's down from February's reading of 6%. Though that increase was lower than economist estimates, prices are still well above the Fed's long-running target inflation number. Meanwhile, core CPI, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, increased 5.6% year-over-year in March, suggesting that inflationary pressures are still present in the economy. That could mean that Americans will have to live with high prices for years. Addicts suggest that central bankers are likely to keep interest rates high. That bodes poor for both the markets and you, me, the consumer. Stay with us. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with Jacqueline DeCando. She's a writer and a social media expert, and she's got some tips and thoughts about moving forward in the future. And once again, if you become a sponsor of the American Cattlemen Podcast, we would throw in your 30-second pre-recorded ad right here. Or if you want to opt for a 60 live read, we could do that too. All right, let's get on with our newsmaker line. On the line is Jacqueline DeCandio. She's going to be talking about what's going on in trends in the cattle industry right now and looking into the future. Hey, welcome back to the American Cattlemen Podcast. I have somebody on the phone that you should know about. Her name is Jacqueline DeCandio, and she is Jacqueline at the Herd Book. She does all kinds of things, writing for the American Cattleman, as well as a host of other publications. Jacqueline, so great to have you on the podcast. You are our number two interview on this, the launch of the American Cattleman podcast. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, no problem, Chap. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and honestly honored to be one of your first few. Well, you know, I mean, you're kind of an important cog in the wheel of the American Cattlemen. You've been writing for them and a host of other folks for a long time. Tell us about you. What 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 all do you do, Jacqueline? Yeah, so I actually kind of got my feet wet in the ag media sphere when I did my college internship um, for another um, dairy beef cattle publication. And after that, I kind of fell into the freelance world, um, taking on writing gigs here and there for various trade publications. Um, American Cattlemen was actually one of my very first um, regular clients, and I've had um, a relationship with them for a few years now. It's been um, great, you know, for me to get to delve into a lot of the topics that I love, um, learn a lot about what's happening in the industry, and that kind of really helps me keep a pulse on the forefront of what's happening in the cattle world. But um, also, I do all kinds of stuff related to, especially ag tech, um, ag news, everything. I work with basically companies who need content and materials to promote and grow their businesses, but they don't have a communications person full time or their team's kind of bogged down. And so, you know, they need someone like me to kind of step in and um, help them go to the next level. Yeah. And you also do a lot in social media, right? 
Oh, yes, quite a bit. Um, I do a lot of my my own social media where I just kind of talk about things going on in ag world, um, ag communication things. And I also uh, manage social media accounts for some of my clients. Great. Her name is Jacqueline DeCandio, ladies and gentlemen, here on the American Cattlemen Podcast. So, uh, uh, Jacqueline, what's hot in the cattle industry right now? Yeah, it's funny you should mention that, Chap, because I just got back from the Animal Ag Tech Innovation Summit uh, that happened back in March, and it really was cattle stuff is at, at the forefront of a lot of new innovations that are coming down the pipeline. I know for a while, it seems like the crop people were kind of like the ones that were seen as like the innovators with precision ag and um, biologicals and different kinds of technologies and robotics. But I think a lot of people forget that um, cattle people really were some of the earliest adopters of things like artificial insemination, genomics, uh, estimated breeding values, things like that. And that really is starting to carry through to other aspects of technology. Um, For example, there is a lot of stuff happening with data capture and machine vision to uh, interpret animal behaviors or um, symptoms of animals that are sick or calving or whatever and collecting all of that and then doing the number crunching and giving that data to the farmer in a way that is actionable and um, it, it doesn't have, you know, the human error. You're not relying on people to look at your cows and kind of tell you what what they're thinking, what's going on. Um, that's happened in, you know, the feedlot sector. I work with one company that's doing a lot of that now with just those um, camera observations. Um, I've seen companies that are doing stuff on the repro end um, using machine vision and camera capture to help sort embryos, um, get wow. higher quality eggs and all that so it's it's all over the place it is and you know we've said for years that the agricultural industry as a whole is one of the biggest tech innovators out there and and people who aren't associated with it you know they kind of look at you with a little side eye you know saying hey that can't be they're just farmers but yeah technology has been in the forefront of agriculture for decades our guest is Jacqueline DeCandio. She is a writer, social media expert, and as you can hear by her conversation, is up on all of this technology. What does this mean for the average producer that's out there? Uh, is it a stronger herd? Is it better weight on calf? What do you think? I think it really is all across the board and there's a lot of opportunity for producers to be very, to start now thinking about what, where their weak spots are in their herd and their marketing, um, things that they're hearing from who they're selling to and really um, seeing where they want to focus on because almost any aspect you can think of, right? We have technology that's becoming available to help make better decisions, um, evaluate things better, interpret things, but you really kind of need to focus on what is most appropriate for your specific operation. So, you know, if you're not happy with with your weaning weights, or if you've been struggling with a lot of uh, mortality or morbidity in your herd and you really want to improve that, or just overall you're not happy with where your efficiency is, whether that's in feed or 
um, you know, your calf crop, whatever it is. Um, it's about now is the time for farmers and ranchers to kind of laser focus on those pain points and then start finding, you know, the right um, tools, companies, professionals that are going to help serve them so they have a customized solution to their farmer ranch. And what about time? I mean, I get it. You know, if, if you're not mending fence or if you're not building a new pen, when when does the rancher and the farmer have time to sit down and really dive into all this? Well, it's funny you should bring that up, Chap, because I think what a lot of these um, new innovations and companies who are coming out, they are very mindful of the fact that a lot of uh, farmers and ranchers are facing labor shortages and time management is absolutely crucial. So a lot of these things are designed where they can be shared with an entire team where, you know, you can, if you have software or access to um, certain hardware, even you can have shared logins with your veterinarian, with your nutritionist, with your herdsman, whatever it is. And that way everyone can check in at the same data. Um, the right person can take that and then make the decision on their end and then just kind of, you know, give the rundown at the team meeting. So it really is about um, trying to cut out the middlemen as much as possible and making sure that the right people have access to what they need to make their decisions and do their jobs most effectively. Let's talk a little bit about economics. I was on the, I was on the phone earlier today with a rancher. We were talking about uh, inflation and how that has impacted uh, his operation. What can you say about that looking now and even forward? I mean, inflation is starting to temper a, a bit anyway, and, and it looks as though, I mean, the stock market is, is, is doing all right on the big banks. So, but, but what do you see as uh, headwinds for the rancher in the beef industry moving forward? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I you know can concur with a lot of the rest of the industry that it it ain't getting any easier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a trend we've we've seen throughout the past few years. Um, we have issues with you know even farm and ranch succession planning is so hard because mm-hmm. the economics, the values of things, or wanting to grow and expand, um, it truly is more difficult now than ever before. Um, but I, I do do feel we're kind of getting to a point where we have more more um ability to either make make do with what we already have on our current facilities or being able to kind of upgrade things without starting from from the ground up um, necessarily you know like a lot of a lot of the things that I've talked about or that I've seen, there are things that you can implement to what you already have, you know, like, you know, then this is more on the dairy side, but you know, there's, there's some of these systems where, you know, it's designed to help you monitor your, your milking parlor um, as it is, instead of you having to go and reevaluate, you know, get, get new robots, get more employees, whatever, and just kind of make the most of your current parlor. And it tells you, you know, where, where are your efficiencies lacking, who's slacking off, um, what needs to be repaired, et cetera. And so I really think it's kind of the name of the game right now is when farmers are choosing to make investments in certain things, they need to really think, how is this going to help me maximize on what I already have so that I am in the long run 
saving dollars and making more dollars at the back end. But obviously that's much easier said than done because unfortunately um, stuff is just expensive now and I don't see it getting significantly better anytime soon. Final question for you, Jacqueline. What are you working on next for American Cattlemen? Yeah, so I have quite a few um, articles coming up uh, throughout the rest of the year focused on more like seasonal management kind of things. Um, I've also got kind of some tips and tricks for kind of how to um, work with your team, work with, uh, you know, the succession planning on your operation, um, and also just kind of uh, understanding, you know, what what are the best ways to save money with what I have now? You know, how, what is my vaccine protocol looking like? How am I, you know, marketing my calves, et cetera. So it's, it's really fun for me. Um, I look forward to finishing this, this year strong, and then we'll definitely have a lot of other great stuff coming out um, in the 2024 edition. Jacqueline DeCandio, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for spending time with us on this, the premier edition of the American Cattlemen podcast. Interesting stuff that you do, and you're hanging around with some very, very bright people. Thanks again, Jacqueline. No problem. Thank you, Chef. Once again, this is where we would insert your 30-second pre-recorded ad, or we could do a live read for you. You can choose either one. Be fine with us. Now let's get back into the show. This is our lifestyle section. This is where we interview up-and-coming musical artists, maybe share a memory or two, something going on in the world of, well, the world that you and I live in. It's about time to close the corral gate. But before we do, let's spend a couple of minutes with Nashville singer-songwriter Haley Payne. Here we are sitting in a Nashville honky-tonk talking music. So, Haley, it's great to have you with us. Born and raised in Kentucky, moved to Nashville to build on your career. What is it like to be what you are? Well, it's so funny because I've always known this is who I am and what I wanted to do. So it was it was always just like, well, you know, I'm going to get out of school. I'm going to move to Nashville. And I actually went to college down here as well. But I, you know, I always knew it was difficult and that there was no shortage of people right. that are living here and moving here every day wanting to do exactly the same thing that I'm doing. And um, my parents, you know, were always very supportive of me growing up. And, um, you know, they drove me to all my gigs. They helped me buy my first guitar and, right. you know, really <laughs> encouraged me when my song sounded good. And when I would sing some songs that they'd be like, maybe not that one. Yeah. And so I needed that <laughs> constructive criticism. Uh, so I'm very thankful to have had that support, but also like people, you know, humbling me sometimes and telling me what you're good at and what you're not. Um, so I think I came here with the knowledge of like what I bring to the table mm-hmm. and what my strengths are and what, you know, my weaknesses can be as well. And so I think when you know who you are as a person and as an artist, um, and like I said, your strengths, your weaknesses, it is a little bit easier coming into here in such like a, a giant place with people who, you know, are doing the exact same thing as you. Right. Um, when you have a sense of self, uh, I think that helps a lot, but sometimes it's easy to, you know, feel like you're losing that when you compare yourself to all the other people. So that's something I'm learning uh, to stop doing as much is comparing yourself. Do you have friends in the music business? I do. And I'm really thankful for that. I, um, you know, being from a small town in Kentucky, I didn't know like a ton of people who, you know, were musicians, especially people my age. And so when I moved here, I went to 
college at Middle Tennessee State University, and I actually studied songwriting. Uh, mm. So I made some friends um, there in college who don't do music, but a lot of friends that do as well. And so when I moved here um, from Murfreesboro from college up to Nashville, I just really tried to just go to as many things as I can and meet people. And luckily, as you can tell, I don't mind talking. So I was fine going up to people and being like, hey, my name's Haley. Like, I just moved here. I'd love to, like, get coffee or something. And so... I've been here for in Nashville for two years now, and I feel like I've found those that group of people that I really mesh well with, and that I'm like actually friends with. But we also write together, we perform together, um, because I think it's easy to have a lot of, or to feel like you have some superficial relationships when you know you mix business right. and friendship and stuff, and especially in something that can be so competitive as the music industry. But I feel like I've found those friends that like we all support each other. We're all different. We all know what we bring to the table, but we're all actually friends. And uh, but we also can write together, work together, and do all that stuff too. Not only a singer, but also a songwriter. Tell us a little bit about that side of the business. Yeah, so I think that songwriting is something that a lot of people um, don't like know as much about. Maybe is like being an artist or being a performer. And I'm both. I'm an artist and a songwriter. Um, but something that I honestly didn't realize until I was like. You know, in high school, I remember being a kid and I would listen to George Strait with my parents. And I would, I loved looking at the liner notes in CDs. They're back to CDs. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, he didn't write these songs. Like I, I didn't know that was a thing. And, you know, then obviously growing up and like coming here, you literally could be sitting next to someone in a coffee shop who's written 40 of your favorite songs and you literally would never know. And I think that's so cool that there's like these everyday people telling stories and whether or not they wanted to or didn't want to be the person to like, you know, sing that song and tell that story, but they still get to tell their story in so many different ways. We're with Haley Payne in Nashville. Haley, one of your most recent releases is called Running Late. And we're going to go out with that music, but first, tell us about it. The song is called Running Late, and um, anyone that knows me can attest to the fact that I have struggled to be on time to literally anything. And um, I, you know, sometimes feel like I'm just running late in life. I just turned 23, and um, it's so funny, especially being from a small town. Like, I feel like everyone I know is married and is like on their second kid. And I'm like, what's happening? Wow, that's Owensboro. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, everybody. And, um, you know, it's just, there's sometimes it can make you feel like, is there something like wrong with me that I'm not doing what everyone else is doing? Um, oh, or is it bad, you know? And so in the video, those were three of my friends who were also all artists here. Um, so they're Are all they singer-songwriters. Um, no. Oh, okay. Um, no, they are not. One of them is engaged. The one who's engaged in the uh, shoot actually is engaged in real life. Um, but, you know, it was it was funny to have them have to act like kind of mean to me and like fake because we're actually good friends in real life. But, you know, I think sometimes and not that I've ever I don't think been treated like in a way where I was like oh my gosh like people are really judging me for not being Mm -hmm. where where these other people are but I think that if you're in the same situation as me which it's it's been cool to see other people relate to it but you know I think that you can make yourself feel that way like oh my gosh like everyone's like when they go home for Christmas like they're they're talking about how like Haley is like in Nashville like just single and we are like have our third kid you know and and it's like this narrative that you kind of honestly make you might make it up but it still can make you feel like kind of you know, like different and just like, like I said, kind of wonder, like, am I doing the right thing? Or am I doing the wrong thing? Like, why am I on a different path than other people? We're closing the gate on this edition of American Cattleman Podcast with singer-songwriter Haley Payne. And she's running late. Catch you next time here on the American Cattleman Podcast. My rear view seen more.
singer-songwriter Haley Payne. Good stuff. Well, it's about time to close the gate on this edition of the American Cattleman Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>